When it comes to narcissism, should I be concerned that as it pertains to this episode, I think I did awesome and I really don't give two <laughs> craps about how you've done? <laughs> Here we are, episode 55 of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. Courtney Kelly is a mental health therapist. I am Brian Mulhern. I am a longtime mental health patient, and we have finally gotten around to talking about narcissism. And mm-hmm. having worked in the business of show for 30 years myself, you'd better believe I have run into a handful <laughs> of people who may be dealing with this issue. But where it really gets problematic is you want to talk about getting that from a parent mm-hmm. in a romantic relationship. But before Before I go too far down that rabbit hole, Courtney, what's the best way to define what narcissism is, how you can identify it, how maybe you even diagnose it? Well, with narcissism, when you think of personality disorders, just a quick overview, there's three clusters. We have cluster A, which is people who have the odd eccentric thinking or behaviors. We have cluster C, where there's people who may be having extreme anxiety, like fear with their thinking and their behaviors, like avoidant or dependent personality disorder or the obsessive compulsive personality disorder. And then cluster B is where we find people who are having some issues with their moods, maybe mood dysregulation. It's characterized by dramatic or very emotional or unpredictable thinking and behavior. And that is where narcissism is. It's in the cluster B. So when you think about people who have narcissism, it's not just only thinking like solely about themselves or focusing on themselves, although that is part of it. But it's also that lack of empathy for what other people people are feeling. So if you're in a relationship with somebody who has narcissism or narcissistic tendencies, you may feel that they're really focusing always on what they want or how they're looking at the world. And they're not as empathetic to the feelings that you have. And also they have this excessive need for attention or admiration. They may have an inflated sense of self-importance. They've actually discovered there's two types of narcissism going on. There's where people are feeling very grandiose about how great they are and they do believe that they're great and then there's other people who are narcissistic but it's because they're really insecure and they're trying to make everybody feel that they are really great so there's a lot of manipulation that can go on with people who have narcissism so this is also something that can be a sign and if people have a lot of troubled relationships when you couple it with all of that then you may be dealing with somebody who has narcissism. I love how you pointed out the insecurity and the narcissism Mm -hmm. because I have had to talk about that with my wife many times Mm -hmm. when we stumble upon a certain type of narcissist and it just seems to fly in the face like those two things together and it's almost like there's this overcompensation Mm -hmm. for the insecurity that heightens the narcissism. Right and that's the thing is trying to feed that and sometimes Mm -hmm. you just can't feed that enough. This can be really hard on relationships and it's not a thing of where you say that's it somebody has narcissism I'm not going to talk to them or have them in my life. There are deal breakers but there's things that you can do to to try to work with the person and also to give yourself some good limits and boundaries so that you're not getting hurt consistently. I do want to encourage people that if you're feeling like you may have some of these tendencies and you need some help around that, or if you feel that you are encountering people who it's very challenging in your relationships because of their narcissism, or perhaps you're suspecting some type of personality disorder, it's important to get help for yourself. There's a ton of books out there right now. I mean, this seems to be kind of the buzz thing right now with narcissism, the narcissist next door and there's all these different books that you can read and maybe it'll give you a little bit wider education 
on what you're dealing with. I'm willing to bet that this is coming up more because after the lockdown and having spent a lot more time with mm-hmm. many people, perhaps the narcissism has become easier to identify right. because maybe you're getting it on a more consistent basis. Oh, the interesting thing, too, is maybe you're seeing your spouse or the person that you live with in their work environment, but it's at home. So right. you're hearing conversations, you're hearing how they treat people. And I remember there was a really funny article that we were reading about how people, oh, I'm married to the circle back guy who says, let's circle back on that. Like different things that you say that you're laughing that you're like, oh, wow, I didn't know this side of them because they never worked from home before and I never heard them in their work environment. So similar to that, like you're saying, we were exposed to people in different ways because of the pandemic that we never really realized kind of how they are in the world. Now, as you were saying, as with most issues, this can be manageable. Mm -hmm. I think the problem becomes if you are somebody who is in a relationship of any kind with a narcissist, you might be a little intimidated to approach them about it first and foremost. Of course. The second thing is, and I would love to know the answer to this question, and this is the first question I thought of when we were considering this topic. When you are sitting there and you have figured out that you have a narcissist in your midst in the Mm -hmm. therapy office, how often when you present that to that person, does that person realize that is the case? Because I'm willing to bet Mm -hmm. in a lot of different situations, they have no idea. Right. And you know what? I can't say as it happens a lot. I do actually deal with a lot of people who may be seeing people in their lives who Mm -hmm. have narcissistic tendencies. So we work on limit setting and we work on need sharing and stuff like that. I did have a couple clients who were concerned about whether they could be narcissists. So we talked about that and we talked about maybe sometimes when they lacked empathy toward other people. And it really is a skill that you can try to develop and you can talk to people about ways to develop that. But it is interesting that sometimes people do lack that insight when you reflect back to them. Have you considered other people's feedback on this? Trying to help them to see more of the gray areas than the black and white. And sometimes there can be resistance. And so that's one of the art forms of therapy. Sometimes you do have to come head on with certain things, but other times it's a dance. (laughs) You have to just be very respectful of their feelings too. You don't want to scare them out of the office and not have them come back. You want them to get the help that they need. So it is a very interesting balancing act. But once you have a good rapport, you're much more likely to have them hear what you're saying and the concerns that you may have. Because of my OCD and my anxiety, there have been times throughout the course of my life where I would say to myself, well, I'm not somebody who lacks for empathy. I'm a Mm -hmm. very empathetic person. I'm a very sympathetic person. However, based on what I have done for my career, somebody who requires attention apparently for a whole host of reasons that I have delved deeply into Mm -hmm. with therapy, sometimes I've been asking myself, am I a narcissist in some way? And if somebody else is asking themselves that question, what answers would you say they should be looking for? First and foremost, with the lack of empathy, are you considering other people in your life? Do you consider them, especially when you're having something going on, is it become all about that? Or do you also look for other perspectives on that from the people around you? That's the kind of thing. And also look at your relationships. Do you have long-term relationships? A lot of people who are very narcissistic, they can't sustain it. The funny thing is, is when people are narcissistic, it's like at first, they're very, very charming and people get sucked into that. It's an interesting thing. They call it love bombing, like in relationships. When you're with someone, it's fast and furious. And we've seen this, right, Brian? We've seen this with, especially in the entertainment field where there Mm -hmm. may be some narcissists that are drawn into that. Hello, Michael Ray and Carly Pierce. How are you? (laughs) 
so there's love bombing going on where the person is just showering you left and right. I love you, the greatest thing. I can't believe I found you and da 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 da. It's not just the attempt at making the other person feel better. What it is is let me have you focus on me and all the love that I am throwing at you. So this can come on fast and furious and they're wanting you to direct your attention back on them. And so what happens is at first people are like, this is unbelievable. I've never met anyone like this. But what happens over time is it's not sustainable. And you start to see the thing that you loved about them. Now you feel manipulated by it. And so there's a lot of manipulation. I'm not even sure that they even realize it sometimes. It's just how they move through the world. And so when there's all that manipulation and then sometimes there's the gaslighting, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Am I the one who's crazy here? You start to question yourself because the other person is saying, oh, there's this wrong with you and that wrong with you. And look what you did over here. So you start to believe this and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm questioning myself. Maybe it is all me. So there is a lot of levels of manipulation. So I think if people do have some concerns, read more about it. Look it up online and read more about it and see, do I have some of these tendencies? Again, it doesn't mean you have the personality disorder. You may have some tendencies that you want to correct in a certain way. You want to have more empathy for yourself and also open up to ways that you can be less You and I were having a side conversation about OCD mm -hmm. and how you said there's a difference between the tendencies mm -hmm. and having it full on. Right. And you had said to me, people a lot of times will flippantly say, oh, I'm so OCD. Mm -hmm. My beverage always has to be up to this level. Right. And you're kind of right. like, that doesn't mean you're OCD. Yeah. And then you turn to me and you're like, but you're OCD. So, <laughs> but it's the same thing with narcissism. Yeah, yeah. And it's that's spectrum. where yeah. I found myself a couple of times too. And I always try to check myself with this. Whenever my wife is going through a hard time, and we've recently mentioned that she is, mm -hmm. she will come to me with her problems. Yeah. She will present them to me. And very often my knee jerk is to say, well, when I was going through a similar thing mm -hmm. and I start going down that road and then she'll say to me, this isn't about you right now. This right. is about about me. And then right away, I'm like, uh-oh, is this me being a narcissist? And ultimately, when I break it down, it's me being empathetic in mm -hmm. a way. And you've talked about that too, how a lot of times men try to problem solve mm -hmm. and you're just trying to show her a way out of it. But then you get a little bit scared because you're like, oh my God, I'm this person who works in the media and has worked in show business in Hollywood right. and I need all this attention. And am I making it about me? And am I not being sympathetic mm -hmm. enough about her? I guess that's a combination of the OCD and perhaps a little bit of right, narcissistic right. tendencies. Well, that's the thing. Sometimes you have certain things that override because the anxiety goes up so high that you just want to do the behavior to make yourself feel better. But it is good for you to step back and say, is this overriding and making it seem that it is all about me or I have to do this certain thing? But the thing is, Brian, I think that's the way that you relate to the world. And you've done it with me. And sometimes I'd be like, all I want to hear is, oh, that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. You know oh, what and I mean? by the way, I've been <laughs> and, on the other side a lot. Yeah. And then that's where she really reminds me, she's like, I just want to yeah, vent right, right now. I just need a space. And, and when I get negative and people start throwing the toxic positivity at me, and sometimes right. I've gotten that from you, and then like it sets triggers off for right, me where I'm just right. like, I don't want to hear how I can work through this or that everything's going to be fine or that things are good. Right. So yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And that's the thing. I think having that communication, like Carla's saying, okay, sometimes I just want to vent and I just want to be heard. I think to run it through that filter and say, okay, maybe that's the way I relate to the world. And plus, like that's how you relate with the 
show. This is my experience. What's your experience? It's that sharing. But sometimes she's just like, I don't want to share. I just want to get it out mm-hmm. and move on. It can be very tricky as like, okay, how do I do this? And you can just ask her. Sometimes with my friends, I'll be like, all right, do you want the friend, the life coach, the <laughs> therapist? Like, what is it that you want? Or a combination of and try to do that. Because sometimes you don't know what the person needs. And for me, it's or the stud muffin. Right. <laughs> I could throw that no in No one there ever too. says yes to that one. <laughs> it's always trying to validate people's feelings and be there for them. But sometimes they want the boost. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes you just go, okay, like, I'm so sorry that you're going through that. It can be difficult. But I think if it always is about having to have your own self shine through, then that's where it's like, okay, is there something going on with the narcissistic tendencies? I think something that becomes very scary, and I was having this conversation with somebody recently, if you grow up with a narcissistic parent, Mm -hmm. and to you, that is the norm, and you don't find out until very late in your development that this is something that can be quite toxic, and if you don't identify that, if you consider that to be normal, if you start pursuing that in relationships, and we talk about that all the time, the Mm -hmm. patterns that develop in your childhood, it feels like that'd be a lot of heavy lifting for you as a therapist to try to cut through all of that to finally get them off of that treadmill. Mm -hmm. But that is the place to do it, though, is coming to therapy. I want to encourage people, if you have these patterns or you've been exposed to certain patterns and you find that this is just repeating throughout your life, that is when therapy can be so valuable to give you that space to be able to untease all of that. There's so much that's enmeshed with that, and it can be really difficult to do it on your own. So I do encourage people to be able to seek therapy for that. But if you don't, it is important to sit with yourself and have confidence in yourself, Like especially if you're feeling manipulated, then there may be some manipulation going on there. A lot of times with people with personality disorders, and I remember people who have borderline personality disorders, I've worked with a lot of people who struggled with that. They are highly emotional. They feel very affected by everything, and it's almost like their emotions are like burns. It's like when they get Mm -hmm. emotional, it feels like they can't tolerate it. And so what happens is when you interact with them, the chaos in you gets all tripped up, just like the chaos in them, and it comes at you, and you feel like, oh my gosh, and you feel manipulated. And I remember early on in my career, a woman told me that's why it's difficult to work with certain people with certain personality disorders is because they pull your stuff in because Mm -hmm. you start to feel like them because you don't know how to help them. So you start to feel like helpless and you get upset. So when you start to feel that you react to it, that's a good place to put a pause and say, okay, something's happening here, but maybe it doesn't have to do with my stuff. Maybe it's their stuff and I need to just have a space. That's where it's so important to have those limits to also help to remember to not get your hooked up into it emotionally because then you lose sight of what you're trying to do. So trying to be very calm when you're dealing with people, which is very difficult, but that's why therapy can help with that too. And the other issue is too, and we haven't really gone down this road when it comes to any of these issues, if you are a narcissist and then you tend to project narcissism on other Mm -hmm. people because that's what you know, that also can get very messy. And I talked about how if you're dealing with a narcissist, how intimidating it can be Mm -hmm. to maybe confront them because they are manipulative. Maybe Mm -hmm. they are controlling. Maybe they kind of bully you a little bit. If I walk into your office and I say, look, I'm in a romantic relationship with somebody who I know is a narcissist. Here are the Mm -hmm. signs A, B, and C. You agree with that. How
how do I approach them about right. that? What's the advice that you give? Be aware of the signs of reasons why you need to move on. Like if there's verbal and emotional mm-hmm. abuse going on, any kind of abusive situations like that, then we either need to all get into therapy and we need to figure this out or you need to move on because it could be really dangerous for you if you're in those unhealthy verbal and emotional abuse situations. Getting support is the most important thing. So if somebody comes into my office, it's like, okay, let me talk to you about supporting and educating yourself in this so you know what you're dealing with. Because again, there might have been manipulation, some gaslighting. You might think like, I'm the crazy one. They keep telling me I'm wrong all the time. I talk to them about healthy relationships. Healthy relationships is a give and take. Sometimes I'm wrong. Sometimes you're wrong. We talk about it. We communicate. It's not all or nothing. In a relationship where you start to find that it's all or nothing, then we need to talk about that and talk to the other person about how this is making you feel, what we can do to make it better. Maybe we need to do couples counseling. Maybe they need to get some counseling. And another perspective, maybe you are acting in certain ways that are unhealthy. Understanding where the behavior is coming from, like we talked about the two type of narcissists, if they're vulnerable and they're more like insecure, maybe they're feeding into it just enough so that they feel good about themselves, like making sure to praise certain things, making sure to give them some attention in certain ways so that it maybe doesn't go over the top where they keep pushing for Mm -hmm. that. It's very interesting how the dynamic can happen between people where it can just get lost and you're like, I don't even know what to do with this. But the limit setting can be so important because you need to have boundaries of this is acceptable and this is not. And standing your ground, that can be hard because a lot of times when people have certain personality disorders, they don't have a lot of good personal space. (laughs) They'll be just like, oh, I don't know what's going on with them. Let me just go through their phones. They'll do things like that where there'll be violations where they won't even think twice about it. So it's like so, so very important to be like, no, this is not acceptable. We are not going to be going through each other's phones. We're not going to go through each other's private stuff. We're going to communicate better. So really having some limits and boundaries on that is really important. Every time that we talk about issues, it's all about rewiring yourself Mm -hmm. and trying to build yourself back up. Realize I have some narcissistic tendencies. I go into your office. Mm -hmm. I say, I need help. What's the first step? So I think the most important thing is creating that safe space for them to be able to be honest with me. And then I want to know, what is the impact on their relationships? What kind of experiences have they had? How have they acted toward people? What has that produced? And if they talk about how they can't sustain relationships for a long time, how they need to have things in a certain way, or they're very rigid, then I talk to them about what's the cost of that? And how can they be a little bit more flexible? And in what ways can they start to look at things a little differently and really listen to what their partner is saying. So I try to validate what they're feeling and understand where they're coming from, but I also try to help them to see other perspectives. It's kind of like motivational interviewing where you're looking and saying, oh, okay, well, it sounds like you want things a certain way, but these have been the costs of not being able to sustain relationships. And to talk about that, I think it helps them to start to form like, oh, wait a minute, maybe it wasn't so healthy when I was demanding certain things or when it always has to be about me. Maybe the other person does feel badly. And to try to help them to develop that empathy and to really kind of open up to that new perspective. But it can be difficult because traditionally and typically, not a lot of narcissists come into therapy. A lot of times, the certain people that have highly emotional roller coaster, they'll come into therapy because maybe they'll start with medication and different things like that. But for narcissism, that's not something that typically people will come in for. They may just keep continuing to think that other people are at fault. They're not coming in for medication for other things. Now, and you discovered along the way as you're going on a journey about something else you're like hey I'm starting to notice some tendencies here exactly it's something that may be present if somebody's already coming in for anxiety and depression but they don't come
come in for it initially a lot of times. This may be a stupid question, and it is my trademark, 55 episodes in here, coping on the couch. <laughs> but I'm wondering, when it comes to something like narcissism, how much of it do you think is caused by like genetics, a chemical mm-hmm. imbalance? Or yeah. is it more environmental? Is it more about the upbringing and your life experiences? It's so interesting, because I really, I'm not an expert in this area, but I feel like it could be a combination of things. But also, I mean, our personality, they say, sometimes it doesn't have to do with our genes, like our personality we just develop. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the mystery is like, where do certain personality traits come from, especially if you can't see it in your family? But maybe people do learn it through their environment. That's something that I can look into. I'm not sure with narcissism. In can you give an answer like that about anything, really? Well, one thing we do have a lot of research on is with borderline personality disorder, which is a personality disorder that I've worked with a lot. And that is very interesting. That is very trauma-based. People who okay. have been through trauma and they can't regulate their emotions or they've been growing up in a household where they were told, oh, I'll give you something to cry about. What are you crying about? They start to think, wait a minute, I'm crying. Maybe I'm not crying for a good enough reason because they're telling me I shouldn't be crying. So now I question my emotions and I question how I feel. Maybe I don't feel the right ways. And so what happens is they can't regulate their emotions and they're up and down and they go from one extreme to the other. And the other thing is they might have been born just more sensitive. That's Mm -hmm. just one of their traits. And so they're born into a family where the family doesn't know how to handle that. And so they don't get validation. And so what happens is you develop kind of an unhealthy sense of the world. You lack some trust and also you throw in trauma with that. And so there's this real up and down with the emotions and you can't regulate and find your footing. That is very interesting working with people trying to help them to ground themselves. I mean, they have to do a lot of work. Actually, it's very hopeful because there's a lot of new stuff out there that people can do as far as therapy that's really helpful. So with that one, I know more about, but with narcissism, I'm not so sure. When it comes to narcissism, should I be concerned that as it pertains to this episode, I think I did awesome and I really don't give two craps about how you've done? (laughs) Uh, It's all about you, Brian. You're like, I was amazing over there. It's funny. It's the spectrum. I'm sure there's many ways that sometimes we act narcissistic, but the issue becomes if it starts to interfere with your functioning, getting in the way of what you want in the world, how you're perceived in the world of the things that you want that make you happy, like relationships and success and stuff like that, then something might be a disorder. And that's where we look at it. It's about the functioning level. But if you have tendencies, it might be something that you want to work on. I'm going to cut this off before you can tell me where I am on the spectrum because I'm terrified. (laughs) (laughs) Courtney, if people have any questions about this, whether they feel like they're in a relationship with somebody who has this, or maybe they're worried about their own tendencies, how can they contact you? You can contact me, wellness at wctk.com. You can also come to our Wellness Wednesday page on catcountry.com for resources. All right. And if you want to reach us on socials at Cat Country Mornings, we have personal pages. I'm Brian Mulhern. She's Courtney Kelly EY or Courtney Kelly Bedard. And of course, tell your friends to check out Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. They can use their smart devices. We welcome narcissists. We welcome OCD people. We welcome everybody. Everybody. We're very, very (laughs) inclusive here on the couch as we all cope together. Courtney, thank you so much. We'll see you for episode 56. Thank you. I want to talk about-